Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Third and Twenty Dynasty Podcast, Season Two, Episode No, sorry, Season Four, Episode Two. I'm JT, joined by Frank and Jake. <laughs> yeah, sorry, we haven't messed up on the doc. Uh, we're on Week Two of the NFL regular season, and there's just been a ton of injuries, crazy running back landscape going on, and I think that's just where we're going to start off right off the bat. Um, so if you're watching the Monday Night Football, the second Monday Night Football game, as there's been two of them, uh, between Frank Steelers and the Cleveland Browns, um, Nick Chubb had a gruesome injury so bad that the broadcast would not show it. He dislocated his knee, tore multiple was... ligaments. Apparently it's the same injury he had in college, which means he is definitely done for the season. Um, when he comes back, if ever, I don't know. I assume he'll come back at some point, though, because it is Nick Chubb and he's just a beast. Um, but yeah, awful injury for Nick Chubb. But we're a dynasty podcast, so we got to talk about the dynasty aspects of it. And that meant that Jerome Ford uh, came to play for the Cleveland Browns. He broke off like a 75-yard run, caught a pass for a touchdown, put up like 20-something fancy points. Um, and looks to be, according to the Browns, the starter for... Um, the foreseeable future. Now here's the catch. They have um, apparently talked about bringing in Cam Akers. Um, they had uh, Kareem Hunt, their former running back, also visiting. So it's not exactly set in stone yet what we have with Jerome Ford. Frank, you've spent time in the past talking about how Jerome Ford is just not good. Um, what do you think the price tag is on Jerome Ford? If you're a contender, do you hold them? It, trying to sell him for any value you could get i'd be what, selling him right now looking for a second um I, don't, I would be really scared if they brought another back in i will say he looks a lot improved but i i would be scared that what we saw against the steelers is the most of a workload that he's going to get once they bring in uh, a second running back what, what about you jake like you jake you're a big kareem hunt guy um, I just think Kareem Hunt makes a whole lot of sense for this team. I, I mean, he knows the offense. He played in the Kevin Stefanski system. He knows the guys in the locker room. He was on the team last year. And he's just a guy that's been uber dependable his entire career. I just think he's a guy that you can plug and play at really as your RB1. I think in any sense, they would split with Jerome Ford, whoever it is if it's cam Akers, if it's cream hunt whoever it is that comes in I, I do think they end up splitting this backfield with jerome ford and neither is going to be super enticing to play in a week-to-week -week basis just because i don't think you're going to be able to predict who's going to get the the red zone touches that week who's going to get the majority of the touches in general that week i just think it's going to be an ugly situation fantasy wise um but i do think kareem hunt is the likely back they bring in just because uh, he's a familiar face in the building. So, unfortunately, I mean, as it has just recently happened, I do not have any um, recent <laughs> trades involving Jerome Ford. But, Jake, you were on Keep Trade Cut earlier today. He's up to running back 24, I believe. Um, yep, he's all the way up to running back 24 at a 34-52 Keep Trade Cut point evaluation. 
you know, he's right behind the the likes of Najee and Joe Mixon, which I think is just completely ridiculous. I know Najee looked like shit last night, and we'll get to that in a minute, but it, it it's just you know Najee's a starting running back. You know he had the first round talent. You know he can he's done it in the past. To put Jerome Ford up there after just basically an injury without I know he had an okay day following the injury, but you take that 70, 71 yard run out of the equation here and everything starts to look a lot different. Um I'm just not gonna be all in on at this price tag at all. I would be looking to sell like Frank said. Now, here's the thing as I'm trying to pull up the uh, Dynasty Fantasy Football subreddit because that's where, if you join that kind of forum, it's a completely different tune on Jerome Ford, right? Like, it's this guy, he's a locked-in starting running back for the rest of the season. I'm not trading him unless I get a first for him. I would need at least two seconds for him. Um, You know, stuff all along the lines of that. Um, I think that's a little absurd. I think that's very reactionary for what Jerome Ford is. I mean, there is upside in terms of that he can be the starting running back for this team. Um, I'm still trying to find. Here you go. Where? What are you guys doing? Jerome Ford is. The Whoa! <laughs> Everything good there, Jake? <laughs> crash landing. So. Yeah, we had a little uh, crash. I so, just think that 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 type of take to me is just falling into the the trap of like the cycle of running back where yes there's going to be these new ones that pop up constantly but the fact of the matter is is that when you zoom out it's more overwhelmingly likely that any of these guys that have success now follow an Elijah Mitchell or a James Robinson type of career trajectory and not that of an elite established running back not that it's impossible but i think especially in the case of someone like Jerome Ford why is one one half or like three quarters of a game where he was thrusted into the starting role? I understand why it makes you like him more, but to the point where we're talking about first round picks, to me that's kind of bonkers, right? And and especially almost like the bar that we hold some of these other players to, right? Because if you look at some of the QBs across the league. I mean, like Kirk Cousins has been trying to fight since Nam to be worth a first round pick. And, you know, it's taken how many elite seasons from him to kind of reach that status. And now we're going to give one to Jerome Ford simply because Nick Chubb got hurt. And they're even talking about bringing running backs in. I think that's just a bait and a really poor use of draft capital. If you were to ever do something like that. Yeah. I, I That's where I kind of tend to agree. I just don't know what the actual price of Ford is because, I mean, I have him in our home league and I've been struggling to move him um, recent trade, or at least for well, what JT, the perceived what, price is. What yes? I'm confused is if you want to move him, I think the answer is simple. I mass offer that motherfucker for a second and one gets accepted, and then I walk away happy Yeah, but a second-round pick for a backup running back. I mean, first, I think I could get more than just this random second. Second, also, I own all of the seconds. <laughs> second... <laughs> um, here, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the recent trades I've offered with Jerome Ford. Um, some have been rejected. Some are still outstanding. Um, offered Jerome Ford and was perceived to be a late second in 2024 for Michael Pittman. Rejected. Jerome Ford for Luke Musgrave. Rejected. 
Uh, Jerome Ford and a third for Dalton Kincaid, rejected. Jerome Ford for Hollywood Brown, still outstanding. Jerome Ford and a third for Sam Laporta, still outstanding. So those are. I mean, I would all reject, of those. I would reject every sure, single one of sure, those. Sure, but all of those, all of those were overpays on the Jerome Ford side for those players, according to Keep Trade Cut. That's that's kind of where it's at right now. So I figured, hey, might as well try and strike while the iron's hot and see if I can get one of these perceived overpays. And this is still Jerome Ford's just going up on keep trade cut, right? Like this is still reactionary, like reactions from the injury. We're still like Jerome Ford is still continuing that incline right now. Um, so I don't know. Like if I could get any of those deals actually done, I'd be pretty happy. I don't know. There's some RB needy teams there. Uh, that I tried offering to, I tried kind of getting like these these rookies who have looked good but haven't done anything spectacular yet, trying to get in on them, um, but no luck yet. What's um, going on, PDR? See, the problem is I'm not giving anything more than a second for Jerome Ford until I see that he's like, sure. Because the, the problem is, and and this is just philosophically speaking. I'm, I don't want to give a late second for anyone that doesn't have multiple year potential. And I, I now this probably really varies depending on who likes Jerome Ford and if you ask this, this person or not, but I'm not convinced that Jerome Ford is anything more than a flash in the pan for this season. Yeah. There's definitely Browns people that are like, Oh yeah, well he's going to be the starting running back for years to come. And that's the determination that you have to make. How, how much do you think Jerome Ford's long-term impact is? And if it's more than this year, then I can understand why you don't want to mass off for the second. If you think it's just now or never, then I would have ma- ma- like already mass offered. Yeah. Uh, I just think I could get more than just a, a random second. Well, you could do it. I mean, you you could do a different doing- mass offer. You just do it in waves. So offer for 201, 202, 203. Well, yeah, that, that's why I'm, I'm working through it. I mean, we had the podcast right now, but we'll see if there's a Jerome Ford trade that comes soon. Um, but that's enough Jerome Ford talk. But then we are on to different running back, kind of similar story. We have Cam Akers as a healthy scratch for the Rams. And Kyron Williams essentially taking bell cow duties for, for Los Angeles. As a resident not Cam Akers guy is how I describe it. I've been pretty surprised to see Cam, uh, sorry, uh, Kyron Williams, not really a Kyron Williams guy. I've been surprised to see his usage so far through two weeks. Do you think this is a sham or is this like what we should expect for the rest of the season? So I was probably the biggest Kyron Williams guy, at least when he was coming out. I, He's I mean, currently I've running really- back two, by the way, too. Uh, it, like, in for on the season, yeah, yeah, on the season, yeah. But yeah. he's he's currently dynasty running back eighteen on keep trade cut, which is ex- also an extreme skyrocket, similar to Jerome Ford. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like what Kyron Williams is doing. I think we've seen what I saw at Notre Dame that had me rank him so high before. You know, I soured on him just due to really him falling all the way in the draft, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's no nothing the Rams can do. They're strapped salary-wise. They're strapped by not wanting to play Cam Akers. So I think this is just what it leaves. 
I, I don't think they have the money to get another running back in there this season. I don't think they want to play Cam Akers. It seems like they're going to trade Cam Akers. Um, so, yeah, I think Kyron Williams for at least the remainder of this season is legit. I think he's going to continue to get large, large workloads. And I, what he w- does with them, I don't know. Um but I do think the opportunity for him is there, and it's large. I th- to me, the interesting thing about Kyron Williams is that um, I do think he gets bell cow workload, but once again, I don't think that this is like a multiple-year type of thing. So this is a really interesting position as to what you do with Kyron Williams because I think that he – is more of a lock to be a starter and put up bell cow numbers than Jerome Ford is. So that provides a lot of value, especially right now with the current landscape of running backs. If you're a contender that just lost to Nick Chubb, you're going to be looking to someone that picked up a Kyron Williams and checking what the price tag is. And if you're the Kyron Williams person, what do you want to sell for? Because this is the type of move that even as a contender, I think you have to ask the question, if you had Kyron Williams, do I just cash out now, even though I'm giving up a good running back? Because this is probably the highest he'll ever be a top 20 dynasty running back. Um, similar to what I'm saying with Jerome Ford, I'm trying to get that same kind of cash out for Kyron Williams. I mean, maybe I have to, add, like, I like don't have to do as much or maybe it gets accepted quicker. But if I can move Kyron Williams for those players, I was just saying, like a Sam Laporta, like a Musgrave or Kincaid, those, those tight ends, if I can move him for a player that I think is kind of depreciated in value but shouldn't, like a Hollywood Brown, um, I would totally do that. Um, it seems like based on perception, like what Jake was saying, he's running back 18 compared to Jerome Ford's running back 24. Seems like that should be easier to get done. Um, but at the same time, yeah, just take what you guys were saying about Jerome Ford. I'm just pulling that right on to Kyron Williams too. And I'm I'm just doing the same thing. I'm going to try and get out. You you got gifted. If you have either of these running backs, you got gifted a great opportunity to trade a player who's probably not that good for a player who is good. Um, so for any of these, I'm, I'm cashing out. The one thing that scares me a little bit about Kyron, the Kyron situation, Jake, you're muted by the way. Um, is McVeigh, I feel like, come the second half of this year, if they bring someone in, like a Leonard Fournette, if they're in the playoff race. Because, like, I'm not really sure that Kyron's going to be able to handle this crazy workload for the entire year. That's the issue. I think they I don't get think it they have the first half of the season. No, unless, so, unless this running back is literally signing for pennies, I, I don't think they have any money. They have like $85 million in dead cap. And they they're can, screwed. <laughs> they can finesse it, make contracts, have incentive, like incentivized contracts or whatever, which right, will hurt their cap next year, but it'll help them in this year. There's different ways to work around it. Um, whether or not that's what they do, I don't know. And if they're even in playoff contention, who knows? Um, but yeah, to me, Kyron Williams is not the long-term answer. He's similar to Jerome Ford. I don't think either of them are the long-term. But the guy. thing is with Kyron, though, is that if your if your offense is just going to be, hey, let's just go Stafford ball and air the shit out of this 
out of the pill. And like, yeah, we have Kyron ha- like we, we do a couple zone reads and whatnot to keep or, or outside zone, excuse me, to keep them honest, right? Uh, for these play actions. It works. It actually kind of works because Kyron Williams is a very consistent, good receiving back, right? Like, yeah, Kyron Williams is not a great running back. There's a reason why he was a fifth round pick and why this probably doesn't work out for 95% of the teams in the NFL. But it works here, right? It actually works really well here, the, the type of running back that they're getting. And the fact that they found Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwells decide to show up at least a little bit. You get Cooper Cup back, and this passing offense with Stafford could be fucking crazy. Like, and it has been crazy. It's been way, way better than anyone's expected. I mean, they almost took out the 49ers, who completely walloped my Steelers so badly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't worry. They're about to wallop my Giants on Thursday Night Football for the entire country to watch. Okay, at least it's Thursday night and not Sunday night. Yep. Should I trade Jacoby Myers, Christian Watson, yes, Nico Collins, Brian yes. Robinson, and a 26 first for uh, for Caleb Williams? Are you sure that's Caleb Williams? Like, <laughs> how sure are you that it's Caleb Williams? Yeah, that that's that's a lot of players to be giving up to still be sure that that pick is going. Unless someone else has the first round pick, that that will be. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm holding on to That's Jake's a roster. Pick. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're giving him a roster. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, if you trade all those players for that pick, you're making that team good enough where they're probably not the worst team in the league. All right, 100%. So how are you How are you? Not 99.9%. Dude, we are in some leagues, and the only leagues I'm 100% certain, and I'm not even 100, 100% certain, I'm getting <laughs> Caleb Williams, is leagues where I am the one making sure that happens. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, are you getting your first back, and that's how, that's how it's happening? Maybe that's what's going on. He's getting his first back, and then he'll tank. Uh, I mean, if that's the case... If that's the case, oh yeah. Wait, okay. your team is the worst, and you have. Oh, there's a blocking. Yeah, so he's I'm assuming. I'm assuming he's getting his pick back. In which case, I mean, Wait, you're securing the top two. Oh, because he already has his own, but he's trading for the next worst teams. I don't oh. know. I feel like there's. I feel like there's better ways. Because if his team's already bad, like you could just ensure you're the worst by trading those guys for other value. Because I feel like that's a lot to be giving up for a first round yeah, pick. Where it's that like that is a lot. Yours might still be the better pick, and if you just gave He's all just that up swapping. for the yeah. What is? Can you send? Can you send your roster or like? I'm my, just. I think I think we're confused on this. Because if your team is completely dog shit, that if that 26 first ends up being 101, this is going to be a bad trade, most likely, even if you get capable. Let's, let's um, disregard the whole whether or not. Let's just assume that that is for a fact, like the 2024 first 101. Oh, yeah. Is that, I think that's. That's, that's, yeah, that's worth trading all that stuff for it, probably. If it is Caleb Williams, it's way worth yeah, it. It's, it's, just, 
Dude, you're getting a first-round starter pick for this package of things. The only factor that I'm well, Christian Watson in the 26 first. It's is not this 26 like... first. If that 26 first is juiced, then this could be a bad trade. <laughs> like I'm just hold on. Where's where's Christian well, Watson? In the you would assume that if it's the, his 26 first, then that pick wouldn't be as bad because he's gonna add Caleb Williams. How bad could a team with Caleb Williams be? I mean, pretty bad. <laughs> you don't have anything else around it. <laughs> it could be pretty yeah, bad. Yeah, especially pretty bad. especially rookie Caleb well, this would be second year Caleb Williams. He might be on like the hey Jake. Uh he might be on like the Bears or like I don't even know who the Cardinals. The Cardinals it has to Trey be the Tyler. Cardinals. Yeah, it has to be the yeah. Cardinals. So Lamar Jackson, Rob, Brian Robinson, and Gibson, Watson, Nico, Komet, Tank Dell. Is that Nick Chubb? Or, no, no, Chuba, Chuba Hubbard. Hubbard, Romeo Dobbs. And do you have any extra draft capital? You said you have another first, but it's not yours. That's, that's, uh, I mean, it's a lot to give up, but if you're securing Caleb Williams, I feel like that's pretty good. But, I mean, you think about it. Christian Watson's early fifth-round startup, borderline fourth. Uh, Jacoby Myers was looking no. good. Jacoby Myers is like a 12th or 13th at best. Um, Brian Robinson was like a ninth-rounder. He's probably upgraded a little bit. That's and, and a twenty six. Yeah, if if I could do that in a startup, I could trade my fifth Ryan round Robinson's pick, my ninth round pick, thirteenth round pick, and a first for a first round startup. Hundred percent, I'm doing that. Give me, give me the first round startup. Pick. Uh, when Caleb, when Caleb enters the league, right? Like we talked about this last year <laughs> with the the Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, or I guess this year. Um, Caleb Williams enters the league. What quarterback is he? He's not ahead of Jalen Hurts, so he's not top three. No, he's not top three, but um, I think he that, that he could be ahead five? of Tua. I think he – so where's Tua? He's, he was at QB like 14-ish last time I checked. Like, Tua's was QB 9. QB 9. Yeah, so instantly he's probably like right around there, like QB 8, QB 7, because Justin Fields has sunk. Deshaun Watson has sunk. He'll be over Dak. Now, this is up for debate. He'll probably be over Kyler, whether you think that that's correct or not. He'll, I think, consensus. Will he be over Lamar? That's where I'd probably draw it just because Lamar's shown it. I'm not sure that the age factor and the Caleb Williams wow factor is enough to be over Lamar. Okay, so. But he, Lam- like, I that's think where is. he's going in a startup draft. It's probably right next to Lamar. But I think he would be over Trevor Lawrence. No, I don't think he's over Trevor Lawrence. So, okay. I feel like the key trade calculator at this point is just broken. Yeah, it's trash. You can only really compare it for, like, one guy versus one player. And if if whatever one is worth more is the more value. Even that, it's like, it's terrible now. I also have two other first. Wait, hold on really quickly. We we got some, some new intel. (laughs) <laughs> I do not want to risk coming in last, so I want to package all that for someone who will come last or second to last. What? 
I'm assuming he's saying he wants to get rid of those players so he comes in last. No, he says he doesn't want to come in last. No, he doesn't no, he want, want to risk not, not coming, coming in last. In. So he's getting rid of all those players. Uh, yeah. yeah, so the reason why I disagree with that line of thinking is because just because you decline doing this trade doesn't mean that you can't also get rid of these players. They're you're not locked into only getting rid of them in this trade. And yeah. the question becomes, can you get better value trading these pieces individually or in a different trade? Cause I mean, then does he, I mean, if that, so the only thing between this man and Caleb Williams is these guys that he wants to trade. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like just move these guys for other, move them first, right? Like move Christian Watson for a first. You could definitely do that. Move Brian. So Martin it's to- not, I'm very confused. Yeah, I don't I don't think the other guy's the issue. I think this guy's team is bad enough where he's going to be the worst team, but he'd be trading it to the second worst team, if I understand correctly, making that other team better, but securing his pick as the worst. And if not, like the other guy's team will probably still be pretty bad. So how I understand it is he's going to be he's gonna have because uh, additionally, he has two other first-round picks that are early to mid. He should have four early to mid first-round picks in 2024, including the 101, which will be Caleb Williams. My thing about all this, though, is I think you could just move instead of that. Your team already doesn't sound the greatest. I mean, you have Lamar who will be scoring points, but otherwise it wasn't that crazy, right? You just move Christian Watson for a first, which can definitely be done. If I pull up Christian Watson trades right now, we have Christian Watson gets traded for, I wish it loaded right away. That would have been very nice for my segue. Um, But Christian Watson for a first can definitely be done. Brian Robinson, I think after these past two games, and we're about to talk about, about Brian Robinson in a second, I think you might be able to push Brian Robinson for a first or Brian Robinson plus a second for a first can probably get done something along those lines. Um, Nico Collins has been popping off recently. Uh, I think he was one of the top 12 wide receivers this week. Um, You probably aren't getting a first for Nico Collins, but you could get pretty good draft capital for him. And so rather than trading all of these guys in one big package for a first, you could just move all these guys for other packages to get other firsts and, and like save value that way. And you still have Caleb Williams with your pick. Like, you're still tanking with your pick. And then you could trade for injured guys, right? I don't know what the price tag is on J.K. Dobbins, but we talked about him last week. If it's low enough, you could go out and get J.K. Dobbins. Um, Nick Chubb just had that injury. Who knows if Nick Chubb ever comes back. But if he does, you could even just sell on the hype of Nick Chubb being back if you don't believe in Nick Chubb. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of other ways that I would rather do this rather than just giving basically your entire team to the guy who's in second to last place to ensure you get Caleb Williams. Right, because I think if you get rid of Brian Robinson and Nico Collins, I think that should secure you the the last place in your league. I think even if you have Christian Watson and whatever other players in your roster, you'll still be... You got to be towards the bottom. Um, but I... The other reason why I kind of agree with JT, at least I would I would probe, not like try to keep this deal on the table if possible, but you could do a mass offer for a first round pick for Christian Watson. You could do a mass offer for like 
Brian Robinson in a second for a first or just Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, that package for a first. Um, I'd probably try Nico in a second for a first, right? Just do all those mass offers. Um, target Chuba Hubbard to whoever has Miles Sanders as the backup. Try to pick up some value there as much as you can. Maybe upgrade a third into a second. Tank Dell, mass offer for a second, or you could keep him. And because you, you need depth as well for your rebuild. You're not going to be able to come in here with just two, three, or four players and then be ready by 26 in that first deal. I would even try and, like, because you're right, Frank, with uh, you probably don't need to trade all these guys to secure first, uh, of worst. I would try and move some of these guys for players that are currently underperforming, but I think have a bright future, like a Kyle Pitts. Moving Christian Watson plus smidge for Kyle Pitts, I think you could definitely do. Um, what do you, what do you squint to? Do you, do you think no, Jake? I think you could definitely do that. I mean, I was looking at that Jerome Ford thing on the dynasty subreddit earlier, and we have people talking about Jerome Ford plus a little bit to get Kyle Pitts. Like those are trades that are actually getting done. Kyle Pitts is scoring not a lot of points and people are just fully panicking. Um, yeah. You want to trade me him? No, I'll take him. <laughs> no, but I'm the resident Kyle Pitts guy. So uh, I'm holding firm. Oh, thanks. Shout out, Yo Charles. Uh, in chat, we got a new sub from Yo Charles. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I think that's what I do. Uh, if we want to head back to the other... Well, okay, let's just really quickly, though, because last point, because this is actually an interesting trade. Um, if this was the only trade that you could do, right, let's act like it was this or we're keeping these players long, because these actually aren't bad players to keep for a year in a rebuild as of right now. Nico, I think, is a little dicey, but if you keep Gibson and Brian Robinson, that's not really horrible, right? Uh, Christian Watson is kind of a rebuildy type of piece. So would you would you do that trade in that scenario? You can only get rid of them through this deal. You're saying either I stick with them or I move them? I guess I move them. Just because it was like Caleb Williams. You have to. If if this is as sure a thing to be the one on one as he says, you have to. My because sticking Caleb... point is the first though. That yeah, twenty twenty six first. But the other yeah, thing too, you... though is that if if you yeah that's the interesting thing. But if you got one on one one oh two and you picked up Caleb Williams Marvin Harrison Jr. Let's say you have another one that's early and you pick up like uh, just whoever is at the top of the board almost impossible to tell. I'll go Romeo O'Duns for now, guy that I like. Trayvon Henderson, he's been not great, but or just Drake May, you know, pick up yeah. Bowers. Yeah, Bowers would be sick, right? Yeah, Bowers would be sick. Like you I pick want up Bowers. those three players. It just depends because you would need to generate. You would need to generate some assets so that you could pick up a slew of flex players at that point. Um, which would, like you're saying here, you'd have to break one of those pieces apart to do that well i think that's where this year then you're kind of the waiver wire warrior just getting all those backup running backs and quarterbacks and you're just churning them for different picks uh once injuries happen and everything and just instantly like i don't know jalen hurts is out for a game you trade is a mariota as the backup you trade mariota yeah. for a fourth round pick and <laughs> stuff like that like you just you're churning picks that way um 
Yeah, because I think that's your only way of generating value if you have nothing other than Lamar. <laughs> well, Lamar with Lamar, you could always do the strat of if a, if a top tier QB goes down, you trade Lamar for that injured quarterback. Yeah, like Kyler plus, plus last year. I saw right. Yeah. Happen. So Kyler yeah. could be one. Um, I mean, maybe like. I don't know about Watson right now because we'll get – actually, yeah, let's move on into the other stuff. You want to just cook into the QBs here from this yeah, segment? Yeah, why not? Okay, uh, skip over the running backs on to – who you want to start with? Do you want to start with Deshaun because that's who you brought up first? Yeah, we can start with Deshaun Watson. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I you... saw that Twitter was really in a wreck over his performance against the Steelers. I just want to preface this by saying I don't really think Deshaun Watson played that poorly. Yeah, I so to preface this, we're talking about struggling quarterbacks to start the season um, through these two weeks. And that's kind of the thing is we're only through two weeks, right? And week one, now I get that this is coming from last year too, right? Deshaun did not look good last year. Also not a great guy. Um, so that's, that's part of it as well. Um, Deshaun Watson didn't do much against the Bengals, although I believe he ran for a touchdown and kind of had an okay week in terms of point saving as I'm pulling up his uh, his stats. Yeah, last week he did score 20-something points against the Bengals, but only threw for 155 yards, had a touchdown and interception. He had a touchdown and interception today, so he's 2-2 two, two and two on the year. Um, but, yeah, I, I think a lot of Twitter and the internet was saying Deshaun Watson just flat out looked bad. The Dynasty subreddit also saying Deshaun Watson looked bad. And here's the thing. Week one was against the Bengals. Pretty good defense. Like, like they're not they're not a bad defense for, for sure. Um, also in the rain, uh, the Bengals couldn't do anything on offense either. Although the Browns have a really good defense. First game back, very easily excusable. <laughs> this week, Nick Chubb goes down. You have um, who's their who's their uh, offensive lineman that's out for the season now? Really good. Um, um, is it Conklin? Um, Conklin. Yeah, right? it's Conklin. Yeah, but, but it's not Tyler Conklin. I forget. Jack Conklin. Yeah, That's Jack. What I'm for. Jack Conklin looks goes down. You're facing um, T.J. Watt and a strong Steelers defensive line now, who was kind of just eating uh, the Browns' offensive line's lunch. Um, also, a weird game. Um, just in general, um, you know, he had good drives going that he marred himself through face masks twice. Um, I'm not writing off Deshaun Watson by any means right now. Like, I think he's currently passing at about five. I, I was doing the math earlier. I think it's he's a little over five yards per pass attempt, um, which is super low. For a career, he's, like, over yeah. eight. So I think he's just going to regress back to the mean. It's only a matter of time. He's got a decent matchup this week against the Titans. Um, they should be passing it more considering Nick Chubb is not there. Um People are kind of down on Stefanski and the current offense that they're running as well. So to me, I'm not concerned yet about Deshaun Watson. No, he's cooked. He made no progression reads the whole game. First read and barely looked like a rookie. That is one thing that does piss me off about Watson is I do think he tends to give up on plays. And he just wants to run too early. Yeah. Is... yeah, well, that's... They could it was at least out. effective, though, against the Steelers. It wasn't amazing, yeah. but he made plays. He got a lot of first downs, and I think that that's a really good sign because up until this point, the games that I've seen from Watson, I feel like his scrambling has not really been effective. So 
or at least as effective as it used to be when you know before he became the diddler. So now that he's, it looked like he was, this is the first game I feel like I felt like Deshaun Watson was back. It wasn't the best performance, but that Steelers defense was, was like JT said, TJ Watt was going crazy. Highsmith had a, a fantastic game. Like we were cooking on the edge. They also like move the pocket more. I don't understand why more teams aren't doing this. Like just, just have them roll out more. They didn't really do no, that. I don't really like the move the pocket plays too much. I, I do. I think especially when you have someone like Deshaun Watson, who was good at that can, when he was it, on it, Houston. I, I just think it could also help if you're trying to hide, you know, a backup offensive lineman filling in for Conklin. You could help that way. I mean, yeah, I think I would have liked to have seen more like, you know, RPO-y kind of read stuff. Yeah, they, more so than... They, they were doing too many gadgety things with like Elijah Moore, they have him in the backfield, right. just thing back and forth. It didn't... I didn't really like the whole scheme. Uh, if you cast all 22 and Joku was wide open all game, but because he wasn't the first rate, he didn't make open throws. Right. And yeah. that, that is something that Kyle is, conundrum. yeah, that's definitely an issue that he, that he's had is that, um, you know, like, especially someone like in you saw with, with what's his name? Brissett was heavily involved in the offense. We saw what he can do. And now he's just kind of been just like a clear out guy in, in the current, situation so i completely agree with you there he's got to improve there but i do like what i when he was actually giving up on these plays and trying to make it happen on his own he was making it happen yeah uh so that's the sean i don't know who i i think the one that was taking over twitter for the most part was justin fields um he looked so bad yeah i think crazy there's a lot of bears fans crying on the internet saying he's not the guy <laughs> we don't have the guy um and to agree at this point because i feel like this has been a criticism of justin fields for a while now and i think last year could have been explained a lot easier because the offensive line was poor and he had absolutely no weapons that he took too long to throw and had a super high sack rate but i think this year from what we're seeing so far through two weeks is he's just holding the ball when there are open players that he could just fire the ball to and he doesn't and uh the team doesn't really trust him to throw either i saw an interesting stat i'm gonna pull up justin fields stats too but they barely trust justin fields to throw the ball 30 times a game so i mean how long can we expect this to last if he's not throwing it he threw it twice in his rookie season 30 times and last year he threw it zero times he didn't throw the ball 30 times last year and so far through two weeks this year he threw it over 30 times once um and was not very productive with those attempts so to me it does kind of seem like a situation where justin fields is not the guy and they're not using him in the running game anymore either, or at least through two weeks. So either that needs to be that needs to pick up, or it's going to be a very down year for Justin Fields, and you're questioning what his place in the league is. So I believe that this is Justin Fields' Daniel Jones third year season. Arc? Okay. And I really I agree with a lot of the criticism on Justin Fields, especially the fact that, you know, he's staring down these first reads and, and missing wide open players. And he, there's no anticipation in his game still. Um, but I don't like all, 
I mean, first off, just the offense in general is being run poorly because players are making so many mistakes that it's like absolutely ridiculous. So there's the first major problem. But outside of that, this is not an offense that has been tailored to Justin Fields in any facet at all. They just came in here and they're like, yeah, we're going to have Justin Fields run my shit. Not like, oh, I'm going to tailor some of these route concepts to things that Justin Fields is comfortable with or things that he's had success with in the past, like, or something that's tailored to his skill set. Very little of that going on. I feel like the only way that it's going on is like, oh, let's just throw a screen pass because we don't want him to throw it down the field. That's how we're going to solve the problem of Justin Fields not being comfortable in the offense. And I think that's the worst way to go about it. To just tack on to what you said, Frank, this, like you said, nothing in this offense is being tailored to Justin Fields. And it very much looks like a new coaching staff and a new front office that inherited a guy that they did not want. In which case they should have just traded him this offseason and taken whoever they wanted with the first pick. And it, it seems to me that they are regretting their decision on keeping Justin Fields to me. That's what it looks like just by, you know, watching the game and seeing that they don't care about him. They don't care that their quarterback is Justin Fields. You could throw any quarterback in the league in there and they'd run the same fucking play. It, it doesn't matter. So I just think that they are going to eventually move on from Justin Fields sooner rather than later. If if you look at his past 20 games, he's been averaging about 5.7 yards per team pass attempt, which is actually lower than his first 20 games by a smidge. So we haven't really seen that improvement from Justin Fields that you want to see out of that young quarterback um, in the passing game. And... To me, I I mean, the only thing that could give you hope is an offensive coordinator change or like a you know coaching staff change that maybe we could fix this guy kind of thing. But for right now, it seems bleak. And if I, I could pull up... I mean, we... Yeah. Like, when you watch these Bears games, right? It doesn't oh, they look terrible. Just to figure <laughs> this out. Do you see any shit, any, any play that they've ran at Ohio... Anything that they've ran like Ohio State? No. No. Unless Ohio State also had everyone run to the same spot and wait for the ball. <laughs> I haven't like, seen yeah, them they, run they, that play. They have a more dumbed-down <laughs> offense, but it's like we have Justin Fields. We don't need to have the most intricate, timing, crazy offense. We have an absolutely dynamic playmaker at the quarterback position, someone that all you have to do is get him one-on-one -on -one in space with an option to throw the ball, and that will win you football games. The thing is, though, you can still get out of Justin Fields at a very high price. Where if if I'm getting someone to bite, I'm I'm moving on and I'm I'm taking it. Like Justin Fields for Jimmy G in two firsts. Um, Justin Fields for Bryce Young in a first. Justin Fields for um, I'm trying to get more of one for ones or whatnot. Justin Fields for Kyler Murray in a first. That was only a couple of days ago that that happened. It is a 2026 first, but I mean I'm definitely doing that. Um, Justin Fields for Anthony Richardson's interesting. I don't know if I ever would have been saying this a few like a month or so ago, but at this point, I'd almost definitely do that. Um, Justin Fields and DJ Moore for three firsts and two thirds. Like, I I'm getting out at those prices. 
So you're panicked on Justin Fields? You want out? At, at the price of like borderline elite quarterback? Yeah, definitely I would want out. I mean, if it goes down a crazy amount, uh, maybe. But like, let me check and see how reactionary keep trade cut has been. Because um, if he's still like above Dak, like I'm still out on Justin Fields. Um, let's see. Yeah, he's above Dak. Yeah, so I'm 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 out then. I think that's fair. That is a, a pretty is. strong price to maintain given what's Fields, going on. Fields is still quarterback 10. I mean, the, the thing is, is that even through all this dog shit, he can put up numbers. That's what's amazing. Well, yeah, because you break one run of 50 yards. And yeah, that's but it. The question is, how long do the Bears or any NFL team put up with it right. uh, before they move on? It's more of like a longevity. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that's probably one I'm most panicked on, but let's go through the other ones. Uh, Joe Burrow sounds like he nah, aggravated his path. Are Are you concerned about this year in general, though? I'm not. I'm going to preface it by saying I'm not really panicked on Joe Burrow, but are you concerned about all about this year? Like, is this calf just going to be a problem this year? No, Plug and we're play. All, we're all Plug good. and okay. play. Okay, we're all good. I, I I tend to agree with that. Um, next up, he had a pretty tough. Monday night, despite them having a win, Derek Carr, um, he's I think two and two on the year touchdowns and interceptions. He's uh, Derek Carr. It's exactly what I expected. <laughs> he is the most fair. average quarterback of all time. Okay, two and yeah. two with a record of one and one after two games is exactly what I expected. <laughs> he's actually one and two. What no, they really know. need, they need Camaro or Kendra Miller or Jamal yeah. Williams when he comes back, or even Tony Jones, to step up and be a really good running back because that's what they need to consistently move the football. I, I don't know. Like, I've gone back and forth on Derek Carr. I've been mainly very pro Derek Carr up until basically this season. I don't know, man. I'm just not sure he's going to make enough plays. Like, do do we see a Jameis uh, appearance this season? No, no, no. He's definitely okay. way better than Jameis. Like, he's going to be playing. It's just, man, you know, when you compare him to what he was getting compared to, right? Like, legit franchise QBs, a guy like Kirk Cousins, for example. I think Kirk is blowing him completely out of the water and lapped him yeah. by now, right? Like, it's it's ridiculous. Kirk's leading the league in passes, I've learned from Jake, or uh, yards, I've learned from Jake um, prior to this episode. Um, yeah, I don't know. With the amount of offensive weapons that he has, and Chris Olave and Michael Thomas, who are both very good, and then also Rashid Shahid, who's, who's there as well, and all the different tight ends that they have going on there, I would have expected more from Derek Carr. I'll just give him the benefit of the doubt that it's been two games and he's been without mostly a running game so maybe they turn around but i'd say i'm a little panicked there um your guy frank kenny pickett um i'm definitely panicking um (laughs) you want daniel jones i just don't understand why he had to reel me in with the back half of last year and the preseason I don't give a fuck about preseason uh but a lot of people i didn't either yeah everyone else hyped about it yeah um listen it's still it's still early right i think that a lot of people are being way too crazy and while i do agree that i don't think that matt canada is the answer long term 
we like the game plan against the Browns was to go in and try to run a lot and use play action and a little bit of the quick game to mitigate Miles Garrett, right? That was the plan. We got about two runs into the game before <laughs> we quickly realized that was not going to work. <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, it was, and it was horrible. We didn't have any answers. Like, thank God they that we caught him once on, like, a play action to George Pickens over the middle, which is actually a really good throw and play by Kenny Pickett. Um, but, man, it was, like, it was just really ugly. Yeah, I've, I've never been a Kenny Pickett guy. I don't think I ever will be a Kenny Pickett guy. Um, so I have him in one of my orphan leagues, right? Uh-huh. Heavy rebuild orphan team. I don't know what the hell to do because I was hoping I'd get a little bit of promise that I could chip them off for a first, and that has not happened. The well, all right. Happened. To be fair, to be fair, these first two weeks for San Francisco and Cleveland, you're about to get Las Vegas and Houston. Maybe so a cell window so opens up in these. Defense. Yeah, maybe yeah. a cell window opens up in these next two weeks where people have short-term memory. Oh, Kenny Pickett just threw for 300 yards against Houston, where we're back, blah, blah, blah. He's got great weapons. I think you could find a sell window then. I mean, as of right now, it's just, I think you're going to just have to be stuck holding the bag until that happens. But eternal optimism reigns supreme, and at some point there is going to be a better sell window than right now. I will say, I think that the Steelers are willing to be more patient with Pickett in his development as well as getting that win was actually pretty massive because the only way, in my opinion, that Kenny Pickett gets benched is if they just lose every every game. If they lose every game, you're going to have to bench him. If You can win ugly, and he'll be able to keep playing. They won't put in Trubisky. Yeah. Yeah, I think he gets that benefit of doubt, too, of being drafted to the team and everything. Uh, First-round pick. They're going to stick with Kenny Pickett. But, I mean, um, that's also... Now, it was it was like definitely better, and the team was way better. But I don't know. I, I feel like you know you, you look at Ben early on. That offense was not really amazing, and the defense carried. I mean, the thing is that they won fucking every game when he came in, so it, it's not really comparable. But if he wins ugly, he stays around five hundred. I think he can keep playing. Yeah, I mean, you should be heading into the bye week. Either three and two, four and one, potentially. It's a divisional game against Baltimore right before the bye. I mean, I think the Steelers should be feeling fine about themselves going into the bye week. Uh, maybe they could figure stuff out. And then they have the, the Rams, Jags, Titans, and Packers after that. Like, it's not really a huge string of like solid defenses. I only see one or two there that I'm actually like, oh, that's going to be annoying for them. Um, so for me, I think right now it's just a, a solid hold on Kenny Pickett. But as soon as I see that cell window opening, I'm I'm pouncing. All right. Now, I know we have Trevor Lawrence up next. Is anyone panicked on Trevor Lawrence? Can we just skip him? Because I don't think any of us are. Um, I'm not going to say panicked on Trevor Lawrence, but like, I can move. I mean, how high is Trevor Lawrence right now in terms of QB? Like, is he ahead of Lamar? I, I think I just He's trip. Right ahead of Lamar. Yeah. I, I would just flip him right now for Lamar. Because while I think Trevor Lawrence is solid, like, I just think Lamar is better. I have a feeling Especially you have a hard time doing that. 
You think so? Yeah. I feel no, like public think, perception think, on Trevor I Lawrence think is. Would take yeah, I mean, I'm looking right now. Uh, September 13th, we have uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence for Lamar Jackson straight up. Trevor Lawrence for Kyler Murray, a first and a third. Trevor Lawrence and a second for Anthony Richardson and a first. Um, Trevor Lawrence for Waddle and Russell Wilson. I probably wouldn't do that. Yeah, I think I think he goes before Lamar. Consensus. Yeah, yeah. I, look, I'm just trying to flip Trevor Lawrence for either Lamar or if I could push up into those other kind of quarterbacks right above him. Uh, I think I'd do that as well. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm panicked on him. Like I'm fine having Trevor Lawrence. I just yeah, try I, and move I guess- for a different one. I wanted to add in, I guess, an impromptu segment before we hit the rookie report with, uh, with Najee and the the running back situation in Pittsburgh because we had talked about it earlier where Jake was saying something pro-Najee, and I was pr- pretty surprised to hear it because I think it was clear as day, and listen, JT is going to victory lap, but you probably deserve it. it. It was just worse with him on the field than Jalen Warren. It was just worse. And um, I think that there's no way that you can justify it anymore. Because le- yesterday, it was just like night and day. You give Najee the ball, negative five yards. You give Jalen Warren the ball, positive five yards. And it's like, how many times do we have to to do this exchange before I just start giving it to the positive five guy? <laughs> um. In defense of Najee, and I'm not going to look it up. I have no, I have no stats to prove it. I'm just going to assume that it was more favorable for Jalen Warren in terms of like down distance and like what's expected compared to Najee and whatnot. And maybe the Browns, you know, were were more convinced that Najee was going to run than Jalen Warren. I just think both of these guys are mid. <laughs> Like, that's Jaylen just the best Warren way. Jalen Warren was making he, plays. He Nazi was the only one play, like the entire game. I, I believe he was the only Steeler with a positive um, EPA. I believe, dude. I like when, like when we early, were but... checking it down to him on third down, he was fighting. He almost he got one for huge first down. He almost got another on third long. It's like Najee's never done that. I mean, not not since his rookie year, he really hasn't done that. He's shown a little flashes here and there, but it's like, dude, this is just this just ain't it. Yeah, I mean, I I'm just going through all these different <laughs> Warren takes, Warren versus Najee takes, and everyone's just like, yeah, it's like you were saying earlier, night and day between Najee and Warren. I just I think both those guys, like, I think you're going to see a running back by committee and it's not going to be a pretty one and you're not going to like starting either of them, but they will be okay flex plays, uh, you know, especially in teams with deeper, deeper um, rosters. Like, like you have to start more guys. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of out on both them. Like if there's any Warren hype, I think I'd probably sell on the hype, uh, assuming that people are thinking he's going to get a starting role. Um with Najee, I'm probably just trying to pivot. I don't know where he's at currently. I'll pull him up now too. Um, Way down. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, because Najee, like, I know the Najee can come out. The Najee within can come out and be good. But it's like I don't know what has happened to him. He's just like soft now. He just runs so, soft. It, I mean, I don't have anything much to add on Najee. I think he looked terrible last night, and Jalen Warren was the better player. 
but just running back landscape as a whole is an absolute fucking nightmare. I mean, out for the year already, we have Nick Chubb and and J.K. Dobbins. We have guys that are injured for, you know, multiple week injuries. We have Eckler, Barkley, Taylor, Aaron Jones, and Montgomery. And then on top of that, we have guys that have just looked terrible. Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders, Alexander Madison. All have looked terrible. I thought Miles terrible. Sanders looked fine. Okay, I don't know. Other guys I'll say I've seen bad. a lot of people, and I tend to somewhat agree with them that Chuba Hubbard has looked kind of like a bit the better. And, yeah, I think and I think on Chuba's been to, good. Yeah. To add to this list, Cam Akers isn't wanted by his own team. So those are all yeah. guys that were presumed to be the starting running back. And now half of them aren't playing and half of them aren't good. <laughs> so like this running back landscape, especially in Dynasty, I think is a whack one because you have guys like Tony Pollard who isn't that young and isn't, in my opinion, that elite talent level, and yet he's running back five he's in been, Dynasty. He's been just he's been because, locked and loaded for the Cowboys. Like he's no and a and, heavy and that, amount of share. And that's why. It's literally just opportunity because as we see, running back landscape not good right now. So if you can find one that just gets that 20 touches a game and produces with it, they're going to be high. They're going to be ranked highly no matter what talent. Hence, or, hence Jerome or, for Ford and Kyron Williams. So yeah, I was actually, I was talking with, with Parker, consistent viewer in the chat, shout out Parker earlier, about um, I think that handcuffing your running backs, if there's a clear handcuff, is 100% the way that that you should be operating your contending teams. Oh, yeah. If you're a contending um, team, you must. Oh, no. I'm, I'm handcuffing other people's running backs. I mean, you could do that, too. But yeah, you, you must can do that, too. Them. But I think it, like, you know, this season just goes to show. And now in the committee world that you want, you know, because the committee guys kind of handcuff each other. Right. Like if I let's just take the commanders, for example, if I have Gibson and Robinson right now, I can start Robinson. If Robinson goes down, then Gibson's the guy. If Gibson goes down, Robinson's even more of the guy. Right. Like, yeah. So I just think that it, especially in these drafts, because like if you go and look back at a lot of the prices to own clear handcuffs and drafts, you could have gotten a, a good amount of them with third round picks. You probably would have taken bait in some scenarios if you drafted players like Zamir White, but I guess that's just kind of the ticket that this is one that came to the top of my head. There's plenty of other examples of players that I also like that I've probably fallen that into. But you like Jalen Warren, right? If you had Najee, if you have Jalen Warren right now, it really saves your ass if you got cooked on Najee because I think that Jalen Warren if I'm the Steelers coaching staff, should get the lion's share going forward, right? Like, and if that happens, oh, it stinks that your Najee disappeared, but I have the fucking backup, so it doesn't matter as long as he's producing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, in, in the so, committee world, I think that you should own or at least go out and pay for it. It's worth it to get the committee members and the clear handcuffs. So so from an actionable standpoint, who are we out who are we going out to get right so now? Right now, I think is a great time to pick up Elijah Mitchell if you have CMC. Mm -hmm. um, 
especially after a zero carry game. I don't think that's going to be a norm for a lot of the season. I actually do think that we'll see Elijah Mitchell get a decent amount of volume with, with CMC playing, but 100% right now off that zero touch game, you can get him at a very favorable price. Um, Jeff Wilson. What about like Keontae Ingram, Tajay Spears? Are you interested in either of those? Tajay is very interesting, but I think that he's going to cost more than necessarily a handcuff price. I was thinking about it because I have Pollard in our home league. And, and this is where the debate becomes interesting, right? Like when you have um, almost like a, a a battle for that second spot between what's his name? Deuce Vaughn and Rico Dowdle, South Carolina alum. Um, like if you, if it's worth picking up those players, because like my, my argument is almost like in these drafts, it's just worth it. You get to these mid late third round picks, just go and trade for it, right? Give up that little extra value or just spend the pick on it especially if you can do it in the fourth round to pick up a handcuff, because sometimes you can even do that. It's just worth doing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to like the fourth and fifth, I'm probably just taking leaning towards running back or quarterback um, in those scenarios, probably not receiver. Um, Yeah. Okay. So that was that. And then do you want to go on to the rookie report? Yeah. It said the rookie report. Puka Dakua. <laughs> yeah what's to say <laughs> well my thing is right so i think after he put up like 30 something points ppr um is i think leading the league in targets currently yeah he, he took is. his 15 target performance and said how about 20 <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so i think we can comfortably say it's looking like he's not a fluke Right, like it seems like Puka Nakua is at least someone who is capable of capable of playing football, and should be a good receiver. The question, more so though, is at what price do you have to say, "Yeah, I'm jumping out on this Puka Puka hype," because I think now we firmly have him in the first round pick category. I think that's what he's getting traded for at this point. But like, are we saying 106? is worth more than Puka Nakua or worth less? Like, like what, like I was thinking I, like a random contender first is, uh, I think if you could get a mid first on Puka, I think you just have to move him. I oh, like, I like him. Oh man. Dude. So should I try to sell Puka Nakua in these leagues? I have him in for, for firstly, I, I don't be. fucking know what to do. All right. I don't know what to do. I did Look, not I, expect Puka to go. I, I just figured out I had him in both third and twenty <laughs> leagues earlier today. I thought I only had him in the second third and twenty league. I didn't see him in my taxi on the other one. So it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah, I, I brought him up to you. I thought he was on your taxi. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I think to me, right? Like, I think he's a good receiver so far. I think people still have a little bit of doubt, you know, based on Cooper Cup being out and what that will mean when Cooper Cup comes back. I think regardless, he's going to be getting his targets. I think he's going to be doing a good job on the team. Uh, one of you sent, 
I think it was Frank, it might have been you, Jake, sent that he's actually not even playing the Cooper Cup role. He's not really lining up in the slot. Um, nearly that, as was much. Frank. That, that was Frank. That was Frank. I'll give okay. him credit. But we'll uh, give, we'll yeah, give Frank credit there. When I saw that, I was shocked. I thought yeah. it was going to be pretty much identical percentages to Cooper Cup, and it's not. It's very, very different. So it, it's showing me that they're using him to the best of his abilities, not just trying to make him the next Cooper Cup. And I mean, he's been incredible. He's been the best receiver in NFL history through two games. So, you know, you can't really say much at this point. I don't know what the price tag is because if he was, you know, a guy that had that first round draft capital, the price would be, you know, five first round picks, the next Mm -hmm. Jamar Chase, like, like that would be what was going on. But because he was a later round pick, and, and he's not from LSU. He's from BYU. And no um, Cooper Cup, which is yeah, no triple crown in an offense really throws a wrench in, into things. Yeah, so like this whole situation is very difficult. Uh, I think I'm with you guys where I'd sell out. I think the 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 more likely scenario is that he is you know a wide receiver two to three in in, in fantasy football and. He's had a few good games in a row, and it just happened to be the first two of his career. But, you know, we've seen stranger things. So Look, um, I'm looking right now, right? He's currently on Keep Trade Cut, and again, this is... Um, I might just have to start not using Keep Trade Cut because of how absurd it is. He's currently ranked amongst Deshaun Watson, Austin Eckler, Dak Prescott, Christian Watson is, is who he's... Uh, I mean, I think I I might take him over Christian Watson right now. Sure, sure. That, quarterbacks that's probably, I just think are all underpriced. But I think if I could trade my receiver or my receiver oh my plus goodness. plus a little extra for a quarterback, like I'm doing that a hundred times out of a hundred. But JT, He's I, I was we should do this a separate segment on this. But I was going through. If you look at all the elite quarterbacks, and you were so right about this, all of them include quarterbacks in the trade. What What, what are you saying? basically every single trade for an elite quarterback a, another qb is in the yeah, return of that move. trade yeah that's but okay you can move uh, imagine what kind of haul you can get with a puka nakua plus justin fields you're getting something really good yeah <laughs> i mean that even justin fields is that yeah you're ba- like you can that's like, in like, the territory of okay most yeah like if, in the if, league. if i have puka nakua and and i have a quarterback that I think is good, not great in terms of like Jordan Love, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins. I what like about Baker amount, Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. If I have Puka Nakua plus one of those guys, like I feel like I can move up pretty. I could get an actual very good quarterback. I mean, looking at Puka Nakua. What about plus, Herbert? <laughs> Justin Herbert. Yeah, uh, Baker like, plus th- Nakua. Maybe in a second. Oh, oh, oh. for Justin Herbert, uh, you probably can't get Justin Herbert for those two, but yeah. probably not. To, to yes, be Jake? fair, keep trade cut. The package of Nakua and Justin Fields gets anybody not named Patrick Mahomes. So, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just gonna, I, I'm gonna package Puka Nakua plus my quarterback, who I think is good, not great, and I'm just gonna move into. Great. Well, because in, yeah. in one of the leagues I have Puka Nakua, my QBs are Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, and Zach Wilson. Try that for size, that QB room. <laughs> the I, weirdest well, QB room of yeah. all time. Well, say it again. Well, 
Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, and Zach Wilson. You talk about a oh. fucking roller coaster. Ba- ba- of a Baker Mayfield, spot. Baker Mayfield, <laughs> currently PFF uh, number three in quarterbacks. Yeah, him um, being good has been huge. But I also have Nick Chubb on that team, who's just. I'll uh, see you later. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah. So allegedly, you could trade Puka Nakua and Baker Mayfield for someone who's in the. Whoa, whoa hold on. We got an update on the trade. Timeout. Timeout. News okay. coming in from Yo Charles. I was able, this is hilarious. I was, able to, <laughs> I was able to talk the guy out of Brian Robinson into Cole Komet. Wow. That's actually a, a huge swindle. switch. That's actually a huge, huge switch. <laughs> so now it's Nico Collins, Christian Watson, Myers, Dobbs, and Komet, and a 26 first. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean. Wait, did we wait? Did we add in Nico Collins there? Though? No, Nico Collins was always there. He was always there. Oh, did we yeah. added in Dobbs, I guess. Dobbs might have been. There. I don't remember seeing Dobbs before. <laughs> no, yeah, Dobbs. Dobbs was not in the original one that we saw. I mean, look, but I'd rather Brian Robinson than Dobbs and Kinnett. Yeah, um, yeah, I like the switch, but I still don't like giving up all of those players and a first. Yeah, dude, all those players and a first. <laughs> If you wanted to trade all those players for for a first, fine. But I think you can get you more. Have you mass offered out Christian Watson for every first round pick that exists in your league? I don't even do. Do you think you need to do that? Like, I think you can get him. Icely, this is all for in theory, Caleb, Caleb Williams. Williams. Yeah, this is this is. A Caleb. <laughs> Yeah, if you're just joining, this is all for Caleb Williams. You just you you actually sat there and offered it to every person, every first. I commend you for that because even I haven't done that. I'm the guy. Wow, okay. are, are we? Is Christian Watson just not worth a first? I mean, hey, I'm hey, not, hey, hey, he hey, 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 dynasty player hat like i'm just in like one league or something don't pay that much attention like i'm seeing jordan love having decent games which i think are also a facade but let's keep my normal dynasty player hat on i see jordan love having good games without christian watson i'm thinking to myself well this is good like i think christian watson's going to be really good he had a good season last year like this this is all going according to plan i don't get why he wouldn't be worth a first then I don't know. Uh, I tend to yeah. agree with Isley here, to be honest with you. It's a bunch of mid, and you're getting Caleb Williams. If I had to do it, I would. I think there's better ways to go about it, like we said before, but if it came down to it, I think I would. Yeah, agreed. I I would try and exhaust all other routes before doing that one, but if push came to shove, I would do that one. Um. Uh, it's just such a right. wild trade when it's not even like you don't even know if it's Caleb Williams or not. That is the thing where it's like if the Bears are on the clock, like is Caleb Williams might just be like, hey, I'm in Southern California. I'm making bank with NIL. I'm just going to stay here. <laughs> like NIL does here. change the game because they make yeah. so much money now doing that. It used to be the big thing of you get the signing bonus, you get the big NFL contract. That was what was drawing you out. Now, if I can make just as much money being a king at USC, yeah, I might I do mean, that. It's still probably a couple mil difference, but 
I could see where it's like, hey, like, do I want to risk my career playing for the Chicago Bears or just wait another year and, and hold out? I don't know. Um, all right. Well, maybe get Puka Nakua and just trade Puka Nakua plus <laughs> a random thing for that first. Um, cause that, that's, that's where we were, Frank. I don't know if we had anything else to add on, on that. Um, otherwise, we can move on to the rest of our rookie report. We're yeah, good. Sure. Yep. All right. Um, Jordan Asson now has two touchdowns in two games. Yeah, I'm not one good. to normally chase touchdowns, yeah. but he has looked very good so far. Um, yeah. The part. I, I just think that both him and Zay Flowers have kind of just test every test test so far. I, I'm interested to see um, what happens with Quentin Johnston because they just haven't really been playing him. But Addison is, yeah, he's looked really good. Yeah, well, all right. So, I mean, we can we can group this all together. Um, first thought on Addison, though, is his usage has been very impressive so far because it's it's basically just the three receivers plus TJ Hawkinson that are out there every time. It's it's Justin Jefferson, Addison, and then KJ Osborne's out there. They don't even, like, I don't think Naylor's gotten a single target. I don't think any of the other backup wide receivers have gotten a target. It's just those three, which is good if you have them in fantasy. For Zay Flowers, yeah, he's just locked and loaded. He's yeah, completely locked yeah. and loaded. He's already he stepped on the field week one. He's he's in. It's very good sign for us. And Zay Flowers, he did kind of come back down to earth um, from last week because Mark Andrews came back. He was used less gadgety. Um, had a lot. I think he only had like four targets this week. Um, still feel pretty good about him. I just don't think he's like crazy elite now. Like I, I feel like he's just good. Um, Whereas, like, if he put up another crazy target week, I think we'd be talking in that Puka Nakua world where it's like, what the heck can this guy do? Um, otherwise, yeah, the the two that I think have kind of been quiet so far are JSN, who's had, like, a one A dot so far. It's kind of weird how they've been using him so far in Seattle. I don't know when that will change. Um, and then Quinn Johnston, who's still currently the fourth wide receiver. It was the same case for Justin Jefferson we talked about last week, uh, where it's, you're stuck behind good wide receivers. I think recent years have caused us to be kind of impatient with how this goes. Um, because, I mean, keep in mind, Quinn Johnson is behind Keen Allen and Mike Williams, who, I mean, Mike Williams, I'm not that high on, but he was a first-round pick, has been producing, has given you a 1,000-yard season, has given you a Titan touchdown season. Um, he's going to have to wait his turn. I'm not really concerned about JSN or Quinn Johnston yet through two games. I mean, talk to me like middle of the year. Maybe that opinion will change, but so far, no panic on those guys. Um, anyone else? Oh, Marvin Mims has looked impressive in his limited He looked uh, time. insane. Yeah. Jaden Reed has also looked impressive Hyatt. with his limited usage. Hyatt has looked impressive. I don't know why the hell Hyatt isn't playing more. It's Bro, don't even get <laughs> me started. Like not, I, not I now. don't understand that because, like, he's, he's to the me, best receiver on the he's team. He's the most dynamic receiver. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I don't yeah, know yeah. why we can't it's, drop yeah, another player to for him. There's not really a high bar uh, he has to hurdle over. <laughs> and it's still like it's Isaiah Hodgins. That's who yeah. he has to hurdle over. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I love Isaiah Hodgins, but he is not Jalen Hyatt. <laughs> So that's kind of what the receivers have been looking like so far. I, I think that a lot of the receivers not named Jonathan Mingo have looked pretty <laughs> impressive so far. 
Yeah, Jonathan Mingo has not looked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can touch on him. Jonathan Mingo, poor Mingo, man. He looks lost out there. T- tough instincts, too. <laughs> he almost had a touchdown, and then maybe we're talking differently about it, but just, like, I don't know if you saw, he was basically on the goal line and, like, turned out of bounds rather than I think his momentum was carrying him out of bounds there, but okay, I don't know, but... man. He's just... It's really rough out there. I mean, Adam Thielen looks clearly like the best receiver out there in Carolina, and we knew he was He's washed cooked. two years ago, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, <sighs> poor Tash Marshall. <laughs> Guy will never catch on. Um, uh, well, we want to get into poor anyone. Poor Bryce Young. <laughs> Have you yeah. with that well, clown feel? All right, all right, hold on. Let's, let's get into that right now because, uh, first off, as far as the rookie um, – quarterbacks go anthony richardson has definitely looked the best so far he was putting on a clinic before he got a concussion um against the texans albeit it's the texans though their defense is better than people can care for um yeah Minshew didn't look bad but anthony richardson i'm look i'll i'll admit that i was wrong in that i thought anthony richardson didn't belong on the nfl field clearly he does and he's kept his team in both these games um i mean they won last uh, this week um, even without him, but he did a good job with the first quarter plus that he had. Um, definitely has looked the best as far as the rookie quarterbacks have gone. Bryce Young is doing what the Panthers ask him to do, which is please carry us. He's trying his best. Um, I'm not going to look. It's kind of like what we saw with Trevor Lawrence a few years ago, where it's just we don't have a lot, or our coaching staff is just awful. Uh, Frank Reich's not awful. It's just they don't have a lot. It's We don't have a lot. Please do what you can. It seems like they're the ones that have trusted him the most to actually be making plays, to actually push the ball down the field compared to Richardson and Stroud. It's just that they don't have the talent to do anything about it. They have um, negative dude. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not concerned about Bryce Young. The only thing that's concerning is just like the the confidence. Like, you know, it's just he's just downtrodden, beaten after a year. Like, what's he gonna look like next year? That's that's the only point. But as you're gonna an see Bryce player, Young at camp next year with gray hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but from like an actual like talent standpoint, and Linus loves that word talent. I think yeah, Bryce Young is like decent good like, kind I, of I, I, just, I think that bryce young like when, when you watch him play some of these anticipation throws that he makes are just absolutely fucking on another planet well, he, he also looks like he's got like nervous steel like he's he's calm cool collected he's ready for I, to me bryce young is just th- this is the guy that i want as the steelers quarterback like this guy looks insane and the fact of the matter is, is that no one can win with what the Panthers have rolling out. What they really need to do is somehow get that running game that they had in the second half of last year cooking, because that is what enabled them to consistently move the ball with guys like Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold at QB. Um, now, no dig at Baker. No disrespect. Fantasy QB right there. He's QB too. I, I, I have the trust in Baker, right? But this is really rough. If, if there is a, an actual panic on Bryce Young, I will be looking to buy. Um, Isley says, as a Panthers fan, I don't understand why Chark wasn't on the field more. Only guy out there running under Dude, the a 4 is, Even when Chark was out there, I didn't think Chark looked great at all. I, I, like, I, don't I mean, think he Chark was injured. Like he was I don't know. Yeah, Chark yeah, he was injured. I don't injured. know. Yeah, he's coming off an injury, but it's like, you know, if you're on the field, you got to be ready to play. I just, it did not look like he was ready to play to me. 
Look, I I think this is a team that needs to scheme more play, like LaVisca Chenault, more quick, short routes. It doesn't even have to be LaVisca Chenault, right? But like those quick, like just get the ball in the hands of someone, make plays down the field kind of thing. Just hope for something special because you're not winning many deep balls with Jonathan Mingo. There's, <laughs> the- there's nothing you can Paris do. Marshall. There's no secret <laughs> formula to hide this lack of talent difference like yeah they can win games like and i will say adam Thielen did a really good job being a veteran receiver for them right like that play on the goal line that he had i i forget exactly what they were trying to do off the top of my head but the play broke down and he makes himself available right on the goal line right there's another young receiver that's just like standing there watching everything that's going on like yeah, if you can make a couple plays like that, they can win a couple. But I just feel like there's nothing. This is just a wash of a season. He's just yeah. going to get destroyed. They don't have that first to do anything about it, though. Um, so, I mean, Chicago fans must be happy at least about that. The only, uh, the only hope is that they can run the ball consistently. That's the only hope they have of, of being a good offense. They also, who someone on defense just got fractured their leg and is out for the season. I forget who. Or um, Bingo just figures it out. Like, <laughs> good luck with that one. Know, yeah, but... He looks lost out there. That, that looks like a bust and a half. I drafted him in one league, one of those orphan leagues, and I regret it completely. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Mingo, that reminds me. I think Tank Dell's kind of being underrated for what he's done so far. He's on the field like the most out of any of these Texan wide receivers, and I think has the most targets, um, albeit only by a little bit. No, I think he at least at least last week he out targeted yeah, Nico Collins. I have I have every single Houston wide receiver. Um, yeah, I know you do. <laughs> the, one thing, um, the one thing I will say that's really in favor of Tank Dell is that I thought that that offense looked much more dangerous this week with him playing versus last week without him. Completely. Um, and it it was similar. Like last week, the few snaps that he did get, he did well on as well. So it's nice to see that trend continue. I was looking back at it uh, of previous good rookie receivers. You really want to see that uptick in usage early. If that happens, it's it's not a lock that he's good, but it's a good sign that okay, that's you know you're you're checking boxes. Okay, you went from little week one usage to okay heavy week week two. Okay, that's a great sign that that and it makes sense. That's the NFL staff giving you an opportunity week one. You made plays. Boom. Okay, this guy's good. We got to get him in this, on the field week two. Yeah. Um, also, CJ Stroud, he's passed for almost 100 times uh, over these two games. Um, it's been more out of necessity than I think yeah, more yeah, want. <laughs> yeah, but that's great that he's doing that, though, because remember Burrow that season with, with the Bengals? They were doing the same thing. They stunk, and they yeah, just and threw well, the ball shit done. But he, you have to, to be good. Compare yeah, that to Justin Fields. Like the yeah. Bears were down a bunch. They didn't trust Justin Fields to throw the ball. I, I like that they're that's actually a making great in, sign. Yeah, that is a Stroud, great sign. He he passed for almost four hundred yards last week. He did. Um so decent. Um yeah. Right now I'm not hitting the panic button on any of these three Dude, quarterbacks, definitely. Do not get it twisted. It is really hard to go out there and pass the ball all over NFL defenses. That that yeah. is a very hard thing to do, and someone doing that as a rookie, it doesn't matter if they're down in games or whatever the fuck. That is impressive. CJ Stroud also has no interceptions through two games too, with ninety something pass attempts. Um, 
Okay, that's it for the quarterbacks. Uh, the only other item of note, and then maybe you guys, if you have anything else to add uh, before we round out the episode, is the rookie tight ends, like, they haven't had any of those, like, crazy go-off games, but I feel like most of them, with the exception of maybe uh, Meyer uh, over in Las Vegas, have been looking pretty darn good so far. Like, I think definitely worth where you drafted him. Luke Musgrave. I think has taken a big uptick from, I think he was late second, early third, uh, where he was going in rookie drafts. Um, Kincaid, while he hasn't out-snapped Dawson Knox yet, he's right there with him immediately off the bat for a rookie tight end. That's encouraging, especially on a very good Bills offense where they kind of lack that second wide receiver. Um, There's high potential for him to fill in there. And then Sam Laporta, too. He's been very consistent. Um you know, decent amount of targets uh, so far. The, I think, high teens percentage in targets. Um, good offense that likes to push the ball down the field. I'm liking what I'm seeing so far from these rookie tight ends. I think I talked about it last week, too. But I, I, I think this is the most encouraged I've felt seeing a rookie tight end class in a while. Yeah, the usage I mean, early on is, is very encouraging, which is really nice. Um, I, I yeah. do think that uh, they cooled off a little bit, some of them, though, from some really yeah. fantastic week one performances. Or Musgrave, fantastic looking. Musgrave, I think, cooled off a little bit. I think Laporta just kind of is keeping that drum beat going. Uh, Kincaid, I think, even picked it up a little bit from week one. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd be looking to acquire these guys before. I think, I think one of them in these next couple of weeks is going to have that boom week though, where it's, mm-hmm. you know, five, five targets, three catches, 45 yards and a touchdown that puts you in like tight end five overall, tight end four overall. It's going to, and then that starts the, it's funny, but I mean, like that's what happened with Frymouth where it's like, is this guy going to be the tight end one kind of thing? And it's, you could get that kind of swing very quick um, if you invest in one of these. So I'm trying to pick one of them up. Um, anything else you guys want to add before we sign off? Yeah, Roshan Johnson, I thought I was going to expect a little bit more out of him with the reports seeing that he was going to be kind yeah. of RB1. Especially with uh, – was Foreman a healthy scratch? I think he was a healthy scratch. Yeah, I scratch. believe he was. I think that, yeah. I think he's on the trade block now. That's signing's just not working out. Um. Yeah, Roshan only had four rushing attempts for 32 yards. I mean, it was 32 yards, but only four rushing attempts. I just think a lot of this game script and the way that this Bears offense is running, it's kind of just, it's hard to trust anyone currently on that team, especially against the Bucks defense, which isn't as good as they used to be. But I mean, they still have very good players there. Um, so what about someone like DJ Moore, though? Because, I mean, he at least put up 100 yards last week. But going forward, I mean, it is a little bit nerve-wracking having him in the home league. But at the same time, you know, he's not a horrible player necessarily. He, you know, he can go out there and make some plays. He's a great player, very talented player. But he's been in, like, the worst possible situation his entire career. So, um Yes, I think he ends up giving you close to a thousand yards and six touchdowns, probably. But it's going to be the most up and down thousand yards, six touchdown season you've ever seen in your life. Where like one week he'd go off for like a hundred and twenty yards and two touchdowns, and the next week he has thirty yards. Uh, I think that's just a product of the Bears' offense. That that team is just going to be a disaster class from week one to week 
18. This team is a mess. So would yeah, you I, take would you take Puka Nakua over DJ Moore? Yeah. Yeah. Because here's the thing about DJ Moore is like I think DJ Moore can definitely get a 25% plus target share. But on their Bears offense, that might be like six, seven targets. So mm-hmm. he's going to have to do a lot with those targets. Whereas Puka Nakua, like even with Cooper Cup back, I still think Puka Nakua is in that situation where he could get still 10 targets which is crazy to think about, but I, I think he'll end the season with more targets than DJ Moore at this point. Um, so yeah, I, I trade DJ Moore straight up for Puka Nikua. Puka Nikua, what a legend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> great name. <laughs> it is a great name. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I should sell him. I feel like I'm going to kick myself for not selling him. In the yeah, game. but uh, if I'm selling him, it's I'm not selling him for DJ Moore. Um, I'm moving him into it. The hype is so there. Like, like it doesn't take much to get into like an elite asset or even maybe not. No, even elite, it doesn't like, really good to go from Puka to let's call it. What AJ Brown. That seems like a big move. Probably take like what Puka at first. No, I think I think AJ Brown's all the way down to like wide receiver ten right now and keep trade cut. He is. It says Puka and Nico Collins, which I assume is like a mid second. <sighs> yeah, Puka and a mid second and a third. I feel like that's not happening. But if you do Puka in a first, Puka in a late first does get it done. It says you're giving up too much, actually. But Wild cool, man. All right. That's all I got. Cool. All right. If you all made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Really appreciate it. Shout out everyone in chat. Um, yo, Charles, hope we could help you out with your trade. Um, <laughs> it's most likely Caleb enters the draft. Uh, dude, this, this trade's hilarious, man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll catch you next Tuesday. Peace out. Have a good one. See ya. Thanks, Thanks guys.